Hello, Arizona and hockey fans around the world. We are back. And we welcome you back to Inside the Glass, Southern Arizona's original hockey podcast. We talk not only your favorite desert hockey team, Arizona Coyotes, but all things NHL. I'm your host, Rob Leonio. Join me here today. We got James. We got Carl. We got Rose. Almost a full house. We're just missing one guy. That's okay. We got enough people to talk about the return of sports. Seattle, the new Seattle team has its name. The Stanley Cup playoffs begin in just a few days, and we could not be more excited, guys. How are you right now? Well, I'm doing good. <laughs> Surviving the pandemic. As much, right? <laughs> yeah, and can't wait for hockey to return. Our first yeah. exhibition game is next week. It's It's a very weird time, and just throwing hockey in it just makes it all the more surreal i honestly wasn't sure that we were going to be getting to this point until we were much further down in in the pandemic handling but eh, it's it's fun that it's back yeah i'm surprised that hockey has actually managed to find some way of returning i'm very excited to see the planes kick off but i'm also very concerned about what is still happening all around the world right now well, that's one of the benefits of hockey is that um, Canada has a better handle on the pandemic than the, the USA does. So having both hub cities in Canadian cities is the best way to go. And that's interesting that you mentioned that too, Rose, because when we were last having the uh, this talk, when they, the playoff proposal was first put out and they were talking about the hub cities or it was like how many hub cities are going to be or whatever – Canadian cities weren't even considered at, the, at that beginning point, I believe. That we were talking about in the last podcast, and the fact that it got to that point was like, well, they actually figured it out, and they were pretty smart on this one. Yeah, I remember that. Um, we spoke about how it seems that the NHL were desperate to get Las Vegas as a host hub city, and uh, they seem to be steering well away from Canada and with the way that things have been going in in America with this with this virus, it's suddenly completely flipped on its head, and now we've got two Canadian cities. Yeah, it's not surprising. Sitting back and watching Arizona and the United States as a whole reaction to the COVID nineteen pandemic, like from the start, it seemed like things were going to go not great. Uh, what I Whenever I talk to people about this, I'm like, you know, I kind of was not surprised that Arizona and America handled this badly. I'm actually kind of surprised that the rest of the world handled it much better. Like New Zealand doesn't have any cases and Europe seems to be doing much better at it and all those other things. I, I guess I just assumed that everyone was going to be playing down to our level. And luckily, Canada is like, no, we're going to do things better I, I don't know if it's the best but it's better and uh it's saved the nhl season postseason yeah definitely it, it, it definitely did and obviously now because of that we're only a few days few days away and i think players first i think it's this weekend right players are going to start reporting up to up to their hub cities I just saw a tweet, I think yesterday, where Christian Fisher is the only one who started packing. So, not sure when that's going to be, but. Sounds like a character for him. Yeah. 
Um, actually, I do believe the Coyotes team is reporting to the Hub City on Monday. I don't know. Monday, all right. That'll be some frantic uh, packing by tomorrow then, surely. <laughs> like, they're professional athletes. They're used to, like, having to go out on the road. So I'm sure everyone's got, like, a system for speed yeah, packing. But, yeah, but yeah, it's at the same time, though, they had to, like, they had to pack for the potential of, what is it, two months or whatever? Like, Yeah, two solid months. Like, I'm sure they're experienced at packing for, like, a couple of days. Maybe, maybe someone on the team helps them with that. Who knows? But uh, yeah, two months. Yeah, is a but bit when they different. come here from their their home cities, they're packing for what nine months, ten months. Yeah, and that's true. It's like two months in a isolated bubble in Edmonton. It's not like you need to like pack your best going out clothes as well. I'm sure like they'll have like what what they're gonna wear to games, which. God, who knew that would be a controversy? And uh, like, probably like some workout clothes and lounging around clothes, and that's all. Yeah, I'm interested to see exactly how that uh, that bubble works out for them, because the uh, is is how similar is it going to be to the NBA's like the NBA's bubble over in Orlando? Because you got you know them is like the first few days they're not allowed to leave the room then you can roam around the hotel then the you know the out of the out of vicinity um i think i saw a map for both the toronto and edmonton like hub areas their city and their uh the arenas but i didn't get a chance to look into it did any of you guys see exactly how that's going to work out for them um i did not let me see if i can pull it up real quick yeah, no, I know that the um, the hotels are being fenced off. So oh, basically, basically, they're going to be in like their own little five star prison. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a bit of a surreal experience, and people have been taking photos of the uh, the fencing that's been going up. So it's uh, it's not going to be your usual chilling in a hotel experience, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, there's be- nothing. Chilling in a hotel that's surrounded by barbed wire. That's basically the same thing, right? <laughs> I'd say so, you know. And I think the other thing, too, that I saw that I thought was really cool, though, was the uh, the way that the arenas are going to be set up. I saw, like, obviously because there's no spectators, they're kind of putting, like, this seems like what's going to be, like, advertisements around uh, the, like, like, around that spectator area. It's going to be a com- complete different look. From what it seems like so it's just a rendering yeah. but i'm just glad that they're not too. doing the cardboard cutouts that the mlb is doing what about what about the uh um the video screen fans like in over at uh at the disney hub for for the nba yeah that was weird too now <laughs> i do know that nhl teams have asked their fans to submit videos but I don't know what they're doing with them. I really don't want that to be a thing. Uh, whenever teams are like, we're going to involve the fans, it's there's always just a significant amount of cringe that I just can't deal with. Did you see the one that the, uh, the Rangers uh, emailed out to some fans on their mailing list? Oh, yeah. yeah. It was like suggested chance or something. Literally. And they, they made them... Uh, record messages saying bread man for uh 
for Panarin, <laughs> and they've literally never chanted that in the in the arena ever. Apparently. <laughs> Alright, so well, I do have some details from NHL reveals reveals details for Toronto, Edmonton, Hub City bubbles in game presentation from the Global News. Uh, NHL personnel in the bubbles are separated from the general public during the pandemic under an agreement reached with federal government. Uh, each bubble has 14 restaurants for players and staff, and there is a concierge service for players to get delivery. Uh, we're creating, for instance, pop-up restaurants that will feature local chefs, said Steve Mayer, NHL Chief Content Officer and Senior Executive VP of Events and Entertainment. The food will be diverse, everything from steak to vegan, from tacos to Tim Hortons, giving our players quite a variety. And our restaurants are open from the beginning in the morning all the way to late night. I want it to be a controversy if one player eats too much Tim Hortons. I want my NHL drama to be that mundane. Too many Timbits. Yeah. Well, in order for that to happen, the NHL would have to allow independent media, which currently they are not. I seriously doubt the NHL.com writers are going to expose the players for eating too many Tim Hortons. I mean, there could be a there could be a similar snitch line like they have going on in the NBA. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. That does not sound like something the NHL. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. NHL has definitely uh, got less transparency. Obviously, as we found out with the with their injury disclosure, but they're going to be doing with where essentially they don't have to disclose injuries. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's just unfit to play. <laughs> it, and it just made everyone assume the worst, and then they're like, "Oh, by the way, uh, there's three COVID positive tests." And you're like, "What are you doing? Why are you making it this way, NHL?" <sighs> Nothing is ever simple when it comes to the NHL. It seems. Yeah. And it's, it never really is. It seems like they've been doing really well lately, and they just uh, they make so many key errors. There's freaking labor peace, and no one's able to talk about it because there's so much else going on. I know, like they they negotiated an, a pretty significant extension to the CBA, and that literally has been brushed over like so fast when in years previous it's literally cancelled entire seasons or at least delayed the majority of them but within There's a week no one's talking for about the it. next six years i know that's, i know that, like, that, that's, that's, that's great news. News. i i think any other time we'd be getting like significant breakdowns of what exactly is included in the new cba and I mean, it's been mostly quiet. I think the biggest detail that everyone knows about is the um, no more trading conditional picks. And I think we just know about it because we they pointed to the Taylor Hall acquisition as a key example of that. Didn't they also get, uh, get rid of compliance buyouts? I believe so. But I don't know if that's the biggest thing. The biggest thing might be that there's no more free agency window period before yeah. July first. But for some reason, by the time you know, like for you know, our time, nine oh one hits, the first signing is already gonna happen. 
Like, but yeah, because they constantly get around the whole you're not allowed to talk numbers thing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to dinner. Do you want five appetizers or four and a half appetizers? <laughs> now, would you like that spread over five plates or six plates? <laughs> oh, I would yeah. love it if actual trade negotiations were like that. <laughs> like, not even caring. They're just like, we're going to do the bare minimum to make this not illegal. Well, apparently, like, the whole reason that Curtis Joseph, back in the day, decided to join the Toronto Maple Leafs was because his him and his agent bumped into, like, the GM of the, the Maple Leafs while they were getting ice cream one day. So it could certainly happen. <laughs> Could you imagine that NHL story right now? Player eating ice cream? Uh, oh my god. This is why Toronto doesn't win championships. Steve Simmons would be all over that immediately. <laughs> There'd be a breakdown of like what toppings he got. I assume this is like at a Cold Stone Creamery, even though that is probably not the right out, uh, idea. But yeah. What if they get like a blizzard from Dairy Queen? <laughs> if it's an Eminem blizzard, that's fine. That's good classic American or Canadian food. But if it's Butterfinger, that's decadent. You can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> or would there be a, a whole soft serve versus hard scoop controversy? <laughs> I imagine there's. Know. You know that if it was someone like William Nylander for the Leafs who gets, like, called out for being soft all the time, if he gets a soft-served ice cream, Brian Burke is going after him. Uh, I imagine at some point, like, a farm association is going to be like, you didn't buy local independent ice cream. You got the big corporate ice cream. Uh, well, was it even ice cream? Was, or was it just frozen yogurt? Oh, it can't be frozen yogurt. That'd be... Could you imagine if Don Cherry heard that a, a hockey player was eating frozen yogurt? <laughs> and just their luck, they'd also be Swedish and not Canadian, so they can't be a good Canadian kid. Yeah. Oh, good times. But yeah, I mean, obviously, all the like a bunch of news, you know, happens as you know this whole return to hockey is going on and and it's crazy because things happen you know think things get brushed over and everything but guys what didn't get brushed over and we're, we're going to return to the return to play in a little bit to talk about kind of like a preview for the upcoming series but before we get to that the biggest news from this week seattle has officially named their hockey team the seattle kraken and Carl, James, you were on the on here when we did the last podcast, and I was telling you, I was waiting for them to call, call that name. James, you were even saying that you wanted that name from day one, and they finally got it. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, you know, first time they hit the ice, they're going to bring up Clash of the Titans, Liam Neeson saying, release the Kraken. Oh, that's just going to go, it, the fans are just going to go nuts. And it's going to be this whole thing, and it's going to be fun, and it fits the Seattle Maritime like um, themes that they have with their sports teams, and like the Sockeyes was another like potential option apparently. But I think Kraken. Name, but I like Kraken. <laughs> yeah, I mean Kraken is this menacing like mythical creature that just has an awesome like history behind it, and 
I just think it really suits Seattle. But I know that Carl has a bit of a different view on the name. I do. And I wrote a little bit about this um, in the poll results post, so everyone read that. Um, But in general, when it comes to the Kraken and everything I've read about it, they started with the release the Kraken and worked their way back to get the team that way. And I don't know if a meme line from a decade old movie is the best foundation to build your team. It feels like it's the mighty ducks of Anaheim situation, but instead of it being corporate tie-ins, it's meme culture. And 10 years from now, I don't know if people are really going to be caring about a clip from a Liam Neeson movie. I have to say though, in the in the re- in the reveal, um, their their owner failed to even use the release the Kraken when he got the crowd cheering. He said, "Let's go Kraken." And as a as a side note, Carl, I'm very pleased that you uh, acknowledge that it's a decade old movie that they're using. <laughs> no, no, yes, it's a decade old movie, but I think you guys are are missing one key point, and that's one of their owners is actually in the movie business, Jerry Bruckheimer, um. and he's actually the one who first brought the Kraken to the big big screen in Pirates of the Caribbean. I forget oh which one it was, but uh. yeah. Except for, as James and I had this argument, Clash of the Titans is a remake of the 1981, which also has released the Kraken, just as a much worse live read. But, I mean, that movie came out 10 years before I was born, so I'm never going to have seen that. Shut up, James. <laughs> anyway. That's more for me, but you know. I, I do. Uh, Clash of the Titans show the Kraken? I haven't seen it in a while. I mean, if they did, I'm sure it looked terrible because it everything in 1981's Clash of the Titans looks kind of terrible. Uh, actually, there's a couple of like really interesting stop motion bits, if I recall correctly. It's uh, it's also been a while since I've seen it, but I always forget Jerry Bruckheimer's involved. He's very rich and not front and center. I it's always throws me but <laughs> i just think there's gonna be movie tie-ins is all i'm saying because I'm, he's involved. I mean, a, lot, a lot of teams love to kind of do that like even if it's not movie related to the name they have they bring some kind of movie tie-in maybe do some dubbing or whatever to kind of engage the fans make it fun obviously seattle kind of made itself made, made it easy for them it's kind of like it's in their name. It's a pun in itself. And besides, he shouldn't have said, let's go, Kraken. He should have said, let's get Kraken. Ah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yes. The, pun, the puns that come out with that, with that name are amazing. <laughs> I, I, the, one of the things I loved the most was, uh, you know, the, the first moment that Seattle is going to start complaining about the refs, there's going to be a Photoshop of their logo saying the Seattle Karen. <laughs> <laughs> So, fun fact, I have already photoshopped that picture. Nice, nice. Ah, uh, yes. If you check, if you check the, uh, the SB Nation Slack group and search back, someone did, like, a terrible, like, rubbing out of letters, and I pointed out that it can just rearrange them, and I did it for the group, so. I mean, that works. Uh, it's, it's one of those things that we're going to need eventually, so might as well do it now. 
And I've recently seen going around Twitter and Facebook, somebody has not only taken that, um, taken the Kraken name and shortened it to Karen, but they've also included a logo of the can I speak to a manager haircut with just the, the Seattle Kraken's red eye. <laughs> you know what someone else has also done, and this this also stemmed from the SB Nation Slack group, but someone said, can I speak to your general manager, please? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on a real note, though, guys, like the, from this reveal, though, that logo, like, like I think, especially the secondary logo, and I think the color scheme, I think it was really well done. I'm not yes. sure what you guys think. I was really, really well done. Oh, yeah. yeah I like the logo. I like the color scheme. Um, I, I like the name. I wanted it to be Kraken. But I'm questioning why it took so long, because it leaked in January that it was going to be a Kraken. Yeah, so, they were like, they were like, no, 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 it's not going to be Kraken. You know, we don't know yet. That's yeah, long. I mean, there was even like a news uh, news report like back in, I think it was like March or April, where a GM was like, no, I don't think that name's being considered. I think they're going a different direction. And it's like, really? No. <laughs> So either they were going to be cracking the whole time or they were going to be something else. And then something happened and they said, you know what, let's just go with Kraken. I mean, they did. They, they were originally thinking the Metropolitans, but yeah, Gary Bettman said no. Right away. Yeah, because Gary Bettman was like, no, we're not changing the name of a division just so you guys can get your name back. No, yeah, but they're happy to leave a team in the divisions. Uh, I do remember searching for seattle kraken and seeing a logo for seattle totems that came up and i'm like huh that wasn't what was announced so <laughs> well apparently they did multiple trademarks just I to mean, throw people off absolutely yeah you have to you can't just go in with like one name one i think name. that's what the vegas golden knights like rumored to be like they were originally going to be black knights for because of the guys um, army affiliation and it's like no we can't do that Golden Knights, sure, why not? Despite I the fact what, yeah, there is I, I, an army and a college group called Golden Knights, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, there was the like they couldn't go Black Knights because they would go obviously too much close to the to West Point. They couldn't go Knights because the London Knights. They had to go something, and then obviously the name Knights was already on there. So like my like before they before Vegas announced it, I thought it was going to be Silver Knights because well it goes with the theme of the Silver State. Obviously, their AHL team is now the Silver Knights, which I'm disappointed, kind of. But Yeah, it should have been the Silver yeah. Squires. I think you suggested that. I did yeah. suggest that. 100% <laughs> should have been the Squires. That would have been awesome. See, uh, right? <laughs> I'm still surprised that Vegas just didn't go with like, the Vegas Blackjacks, since it's such a gambling city. I think they wanted to avoid that. Um, the NHL wanted to avoid that. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't the team's choice, surely. <laughs> I don't know Otherwise, why it's Vegas and not Las Vegas. Because uh, Las Vegas Golden that. Knights is a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> but a lot of people kind of don't like the people who I know. I've met them, and I and they even say they say Las Vegas Golden Knights still just because Vegas. Like yes, people like to say Vegas because you know it's like oh yeah, I'm going to Vegas. But I, I think I forgot who it was that said it, but like. Like, are you going to say now the the Angeles Kings and the Jose Sharks? Like, you're just going to leave out that first bit? Like, come on. I mean, I absolutely am going to say the Jose Sharks from now on. 
Oh, going to exclusively say the Jose shouts just for you, Rob. <laughs> Alright, love it. Coyotes are leaving the Pacific Division and their rivalry with the Jose Sharks and the Agilis Kings. Well, you could say the Jersey Devils instead of the New Jersey Devils. Yeah. Jersey goes by Jersey all the time. Jersey does go by Jersey. I, I don't... I've never... Well, I have met people who lived in Las Vegas, and I don't really remember how they pronounced it. I think a fair amount of them do just say Vegas, but... I, don't I guess know. it's a bit like Tampa Bay, and people just calling it Tampa. This is true. Uh, but, uh, but also, too, Golden Knights don't actually play in Vegas. Just another side note, but that's just me. I mean, oh, the Phoenix Coyotes didn't play in Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Shouldn't throw stones. The New York Giants and the New York Jets don't play in New York. Huh. They play in New Jersey. New Jersey. Exactly. That's why hey. Buffalo is really latched onto that whole the only team in New York thing. As a former native of the Buffalo area, let's put it that way, uh, we need all we can get to make Buffalo seem <laughs> tolerable. So, yeah. They also have to remind people that Buffalo is actually in New York State because people always tend to think of New York just being the city. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whenever I tell people it was an eight-hour drive to where I was at in New York State to New York City, they're like, how is that possible? It's like, <laughs> it's a big state and it's full of forest. It's not just the city. It's a bit like that, uh, like Texas, though, right? Like Texas takes like a, a day to drive through, especially it, West Texas. It's the fact that it's like all mountain range, like it's the Appalachian Mountains. It's a na uh, state national forest. Like you're going 25 through most of the state um, in a lot of places. Although the Joker would have made about the Joker would have made about New York was you know they're saying. It's going to take a long time. Like, yeah, traffic in New York is terrible. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So Carl brought up the point that um, because of Seattle entering the league, that Arizona is going to be moving to the Central Division. Yes. Yeah. Here, LeBron yeah. confirmed this morning that that is still the case. Yeah. I'm still not a fan. Yeah. But, you know. None of us like that, and it's stupid. I, and I think and every, that, I hate Seattle. <laughs> I think everyone realized that moving Calgary and Edmonton to the Central, and then like moving bring, Colorado to yeah, Pacific, like that, that makes make all of the sense. Literally, but the I NHL do. makes none of the sense. <laughs> Yeah, that's how it goes. Their main reasoning, I think, was because they spend half the year in the mountain time zone. As I'm like, but they also spend half the year in the Pacific time zone. So it really yeah, depends it, on what half that is, right? Yeah. It's um, April to November that they spend in the Pacific time zone. And if the league is really serious about possibly shifting their schedule away from the 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 fall schedule so that they can avoid conflicting with uh football and uh, the nba that's something they're really going to have to reconsider 
Ooh, if yeah. they're going to be extending the season further into the summer. I also feel like the country as a whole is getting tired of daylight savings time. So I think the world is. <laughs> Ten years from now, I can imagine Arizona not being the only state that doesn't do daylight savings time. I think others are going to join in, and that's just going to make things like that reasoning even worse. California voted on it in 2018, but this, this still has to go through like a bunch of hoops to actually happen. But. Yeah. There's even been talk about it over here in the UK. Um, I mean, I like it personally, but yeah, because we're different and stuff. I'm glad I live in Arizona because I don't have to worry about that spring forward and lose my precious sleep. Uh, see, I live in Arizona, but my work makes us adhere to daylight savings time. So my shift will switch like midway through the year twice a year it is the absolute worst system in the world i don't know why you build a company in arizona and then you're like oh yeah you guys need to follow daylight savings time it it makes our lives absolute terrible but thankfully my company doesn't do that but Mm -hmm. i do work with people outside of the state like in california and stuff so i have to remember what time zone they're in yeah uh, thankfully, my uh, my work is all on its on the actual regular schedule of Arizona. I don't ever have to worry. Yeah, and I only have one time zone, so it's fine. <laughs> I mean, if you had told me you guys were like Australia and you had like daylight savings time that was half an hour, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, their Morning time left. zones are all sorts of weird. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, we just we don't want Arizona to move to Central. We want Edmonton and Calgary to go and Colorado to come to the Pacific. That makes much more sense for the travel schedules. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like the NHL, I do feel like needs to have a look at their divisions again because they've got. They got to do a complete, like a complete realignment again in a few years. I mean, it's going to be. They've got teams in like Florida teams up in like the Atlantic Division where it's like Canadian teams and Carolina's in the Metro Division. Yeah, Yeah. it doesn't make sense. Their desire to hold on to rivalries just doesn't work, especially when they only seem to care about like ten rivalries. And it's, but it's and also it's, weird because, like, the the Toronto Maple Leafs during the 90s were in the Western Division. They couldn't be more East if they tried. <laughs> I mean, only, like, I mean, before the last realignment, the uh, Detroit Red Wings were in the Western Conference. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things things are just really weird. Honestly, I think the um, one solution. And it's like it's only half a solution. Temp would be like temporarily. Would just be completely get rid of the divisions right now. It's like yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm quite in favor of getting rid of divisions and being and the playoffs just being like the top conference. eight or whatever from each conference. But divisions foster rivalries. That that's what they tell us. So it's gotta be true. No, playoffs <laughs> that's not really what it's about. It's about <laughs> limiting playoff travel. <laughs> If they really want to do that, just do Hub Cities every playoff. I I actually kind of like that idea. Uh, Hub Cities every playoffs. 
then the fans have to travel. Well, that's money. The fans have to travel. Yeah, you're right. That's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but you, you could make, like, the perfect playoff stadium. It, uh, I don't know. I think I'm also just, like, stuck in the mindset of having, like, three rotating sites for the Olympics instead of building, like, different facilities every four years. And I just know that's never going to happen, so I'm trying to latch that onto hockey. What if the finals, like the actual finals, finals were set at a neutral venue, a bit like the Super Bowl? Oh, that'd be cool. That wouldn't be a terrible idea. I also, and I think this is something that's going to be coming out a lot more, I think there's a lot of really interesting opportunities with cameras and broadcasting uh, without fans in the stands. And I have like a million different angles. Yeah. I, I would like to see the NHL learn a bunch of stuff during this plague year and then like incorporate that into the next 20 years of NHL broadcasts. I mean, they're already starting to do stuff like that. I mean, they're bringing in the advanced stats and like putting putting them into the broadcast slowly but surely. We haven't seen them fully yet, but you've seen them in testing. Yeah, and there was also that tracking of players on ice as well, wasn't there? They were so, yeah, that was supposed to be done during the, this season's playoffs, but who knows if that's happening now? I mean, they did the mini test during the 2019 All Star Game, and it. That one was it was because it was, it was like in its budding stage, so it just looked all over the place. But they also did it during a few regular season games uh, in twenty in, in this nineteen twenty season. So um, I don't remember which ones exactly because everything is five years ago now. Right, <laughs> literally. <laughs> also, there's going to be holograms of Tupac Shakur playing, so that's going to happen, right? <laughs> Keep dreaming, Carl. <laughs> that is the dream. Tupac Shakur playing hockey uh, at an all-star game. <laughs> I do think we're going to get more Snoop Dogg broadcasting, right? Oh, oh that's for sure. <laughs> I think if the NHL can find like a star of any quality, they're just going to like glom onto him and be like, can you do everything? Snoop, can you play the all-star game? Why hasn't he performed an all-star game yet? I think I, I think his constant state he was of intoxication was actually he, playing. Yeah, was he performing or just there? Because there no, was, he, was like, performing. he did a performance. He cursed on air. Oh. You're right. Everything was five years ago. I don't remember that. <laughs> I was at that all-star game. Wow. Oh, now I feel bad. <laughs> Yeah, again, things, things just feel like for such a long time, it's just all over the place. It's very crazy. Yeah, what a long decade this year has been. Uh, let's try to get back on track, though, because the we want to get back to the kind of like previewing the upcoming series or the you know, qualifying round or whatever these first games is, because next Saturday – or next, yeah, Saturday and Sunday, we've got five games a day on both of them, and it's going to be jam-packed hockey to get back for this return to hockey. Obviously, there are exhibitions before, but these are the ones we're talking about mostly. Unless you guys want to talk about the Arizona's exhibition against uh, Vegas on that 
couple of days before but i don't well, we can briefly talk on the exhibition games i don't know if they're gonna be any meaning that you can take from them and i think that any meaning you get is going to be like a major overreaction to small factors but the only thing that i truly care about is making sure every single coyotes player makes it through that game unscathed yeah that's going to be the most important part. No injuries. That's going to be very interesting for the Edmonton Calgary exhibition game. You would sure hope that you know the coaches and players, whatever, look like, all right, this is an exhibition game, so let's try not to fight. <laughs> gloves down. Go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's bound to happen. Yeah, there's only so much you could do with Matthew Kachuk on the ice. Like, at certain points, just out of your hands. And Milan Lucic as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. And him. <laughs> but as. Is that Cassian? <laughs> I mean, as much as, like, a, a single preseason game, like, gets overblown and people make wild assumptions about it, I feel like that's going to happen with every single exhibition game. Like I mean, a team's going to lose by yeah. one and they're going to go on to win the cup and people are like, they had such a bad exposition, exhibition game. Who would have seen this coming? <laughs> yeah. What I do find interesting about the exhibition games is that basically the matchups are like, we're sorry that the play-in round matchups aren't cooler so here are a little taste of what they could have been. Like, yeah, got, there's a bunch of games you really want to see. see. Yeah, they just won't mean anything. <laughs> Pittsburgh, Philly, Toronto versus Montreal, Edmonton versus Calgary, Tampa Bay Literally. versus Florida. Nobody cares about Colorado or Minnesota playing each other. Carolina versus Washington, St. Louis versus Chicago. The New York teams versus each other. You're right. That is basically the NHL being like, sorry, the matchups aren't great. It was randomly <laughs> done. I, don't blame us. So I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So they tried to make up for it with the meaningless games. Yeah. Because everyone knows that NHL fans love meaningless games. That's why we all go to every preseason game, right? Of course. Yeah. Always sold out. Yeah, got to see those uh, ECHL prospects lining up. (laughs) I'm sure there is some Toronto Maple Leafs fan listening to this and like, we do attend every single preseason game. How dare you? You can't afford the real ones. They also also attend every single Toronto Marlies game just because, you know. You can't afford the real ones. Real hockey fans go to every single open practice. Uh, If you haven't been to every open practice, you're not a real fan. (laughs) (laughs) I feel targeted right now. (laughs) Yes, James, you must fly across (laughs) the ocean. In order yeah, to fly to the ocean just so I can attend every every practice and game of the Leafs just to prove my, my fandom. Your fandom. Yeah, I mean, especially for the Leafs, that seems right. What, you're not a fourth-generation Leafs blogger? That's that's how it's supposed to work. Yeah. I mean, come on, guys. You need, to get, I mean, you, need to get, you need to get on my level. I'm at every single Roadrunners game already, so... <laughs> Did you know that you were watching them build a division-winning season uh, throughout it? Maybe. 
I just fall. I, 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 you know, I, I just go from a reporter's perspective. So, how does it feel following the the Coyotes AHL affiliates as a Jose Sharks fan? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I I've uh, I've like when I go into the reporters mindset so i go in when i step into the press box i emotionally disconnect myself so i'm no longer a fan of the game i'm a reporter so i kind of have to do my and i'm there to do my job so you don't actually enjoy hockey anymore that's the same that's 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 part of the well i do enjoy hockey the unfortunate thing is i can't enjoy it like a fan does so i can't go drink beer i can't go yell whatever i i enjoy what i do though because i love the game enough to to kind of cover it you know, neutrally and be able to do that. Um, it is weird. I know when they, uh, when the Barracuda come to town, I'm like, well, these are the baby sharks, but I, you know, well, I'll baby shark. Like I said, when I step into the press box, I become neutral and I kind of emotionally disconnect myself from any fan preconceived fandom. And I just do my job. I have to say, so, like, I report on my local team here over in the UK. We're a second-tier team in the British leagues. Um, But I'm kind of, like, the only guy that actually reports on the team. So I kind of get to do what I like. So I have my own little area where no one else is. Uh, The team is called the Milton Keynes Lightning. Um, And whenever they score a goal, you can see me, suit and tie, like, cheering like crazily and everyone seems to appreciate that <laughs> yeah see if i were to if i were to cheer inside the press box i would get kicked out yeah you'd be ousted yeah i mean we don't it's... have press boxes here in the uk for ice hockey so well, that's because generally you don't have press for ice hockey <laughs> yeah it's a bit of a shame really yeah the uh yeah press box rules here are, are crazy yeah. But also understandable because, you know, you yeah. to be fresh. you're there to do your job. Yeah. It, it is kind of a very big difference that you see a lot at this level, like the difference between the professional end and the fan end. I, I generally prefer the fan end. I, I will be in a jersey and an army jacket drinking beer all through the game and then go home and write something about it. That's fine for me. That's kind of how I view it, too. I can rarely get to games, especially the weeknight ones. So when I do go, I want to be able to be a fan and not in the press box. I mean, see, what I love about my job, too, about about covering these guys is after the game, talking to the players and kind of getting their perspective and getting that actual understanding of the game. Because, you you know, obviously, you know, you get that fan and, like, you – if you're a fan, you don't need to talk to the players because you have that, you know, excitement with you and no matter what. But I get that excitement talking to the players because I get that extra perspective and that makes my job more fun. Yeah, Just wait till you get that. to the NHL level and that excitement turns to, well, we tried really hard, guys, and, and they tried harder. and We just need to go out there and, and try harder. Don't, uh, oh, believe me, I've even the, in, at the Roadrunners level, in the AHL, I have had my fair share of those cliche answers. And every now and then I can't, I, I try to hold myself laughing because I know what they're answering cliche. I'm like, oh, dude, come on. You can do better than this. How many times have you heard pucks in deep? <laughs> I don't think I can count on that one. That's way too many times. Uh, I think you've said in the past that the Roadrunners 
either current coach or old coach kind of went off the rails sometimes, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mike Van Ryan, so the second coach for the Roadrunners. Uh, one time he went off on the officials. He's like, those like those guys, you know, they, like, they was like, they're like clowns or whatever. I forget exactly what he said. I'm like, I, I, I wrote an article about it something like when that happened. And he's like, you know, I, quite frankly, I know I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I just don't care. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, you know I'm printing this, right? This is gonna be great. <laughs> so, then, so then another game happens during the playoffs that year against the Stars, and then uh, you know I ask him about how, like, you know, you know some of the stuff that went down. He's like, you know, I already got in trouble talking about officiating earlier in the season, so I, I'm not gonna do it again. And I'm like, Bro, come on, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Uh... <laughs> Marshall Lynch treatment. Uh, it was fun though get like during that that was like you know when you get when you get a player or a coach who actually you know goes out 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 of script and does non-cliche answers those answers are fantastic i mean yeah i would say those answers are some of the most well-known hockey things uh at least from from when i started brian burke threatening to fight someone in a barn over signing an rfa is still something that i bring up (laughs) (laughs) and his ties uh i think it's probably the only reason people care about john tortorello Uh, until he turns things around in columbus he doesn't care that's what i love about yeah someone's phone goes off he'll walk or or, or he takes the phone away he's like all right no that actually answered somebody's phone he's he's like he's, he's like Yes, hello. This is John Tortorella. I just want for once like something like that to happen and everyone to laugh and then it's like a very serious call. It's like, I need you to put uh, Billy on the line. His father is dying of cancer. And he's like, oh, now I feel like a dick for doing this on live TV. That is the <laughs> history moment I want. <laughs> Jesus, Carl, you're going to wish cancer on somebody just for that? Yes, for the last, Carl? Oh my gosh. I'm sure it'll go into remission in this example, but I want something <laughs> big and dark uh, to kind of be like, look, uh, it's an honest mistake, and I'm going to make it a thing. I think I'm just not over like teachers doing that to it's people it's, in it's high for school. the most part, though? And I, I, Might I, I suggest think, therapy? <laughs> From from the from what I've seen in those you know those videos too, like I think it's for the most part just Don Tortorella has a big problem with Larry Brooks, and I think that's the only thing we can say. (laughs) I think anybody has a problem with Larry Brooks. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, on to the again, matchups. Yeah, on to the matchups. Let's uh, um, let me bring that bracket up again. Because uh, it's uh, fantastic. We, we kind of broke, did the basic form of it in the last 
podcast because, well, that's when it was first announced, but let's get to it. It is definitely fun. I mean, it's, it's, it's not terrible. Little... Let's phrase it that way. So play starts yeah. on August 1st. Play starts on August 1st. We have five games in one day. Is anyone going to watch all five? Uh, I work, so I wouldn't. If I didn't work, absolutely. And I'm like five hours ahead, so I definitely will miss like half the games. Uh, I also work, I believe. All right, so on Saturday, you got the uh, Carolina and New York Rangers. You got the Blackhawks and the Oilers, Panthers, Islanders, Canadians, Penguins, and Jets, Flames. Starting from as early as 9 a.m. here in Arizona, all the way until 7:30 p.m. Um. So I know there was a lot of news about Crawford, and it looks like 24 minutes ago, good news: Court Crawford is back on the ice by NBC Sports. I thought that matchup was going to go downhill very fast if the Blackhawks didn't have Crawford. It still can. He's so injury prone. Yeah. And I think Brent Seabrook is also not doing great. Uh, Chicago has gotten old since winning their three Stanley Cups, which is understandable. Yeah, and they've they've tried to hold on to that team. It's like, this is the team that won us three Cups. Let's keep them. I mean, speaking of that team, wasn't the last one literally five years ago? Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because after their first Cup, they're like, Dad, just jettison our goalie. Anti Niemi, we don't need him, right? Yeah, where is he now, though? I don't know where is he. <laughs> so, probably like a third string and somewhere. I was, gonna retired. Say, I was gonna say, wasn't he longtime goalie for the Sharks? Yeah, until they got rid of him after 2015. Yeah. Uh, and then he was with the Canadians. Oh, uh, he's. The Canadians, uh, I don't think he's he still in the KHL now. There uh, we go. He, he most recently played in the KHL, but now he's a UFA. Yeah. So he is 36, so, I mean, that's pretty soon to be 37. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm... But, yeah. No, I, I, I'm interested to see, to see what Chicago does, especially if they don't well, have goaltending. Especially going against the, the, you know, the offensive production of the Oilers, a.k.a. Drysaddle and McDavid. Oh, and the report was that Seabrook isn't going to be joining them in Edmonton. Uh, yeah, so that's... Well, I mean, there questions about his, like, future in the game. Like, whether yeah. or not he'll even play again. Yeah, He played 32 games this past season. Yeah. Which is uh, definitely down from the 78 uh, the season before. Well, I look forward to seeing... Uh, Coyote's legend Brent Seabrook in the in, in the near future when uh, his contract's <laughs> traded to for LTIR. Uh, well, we don't have have his jersey hung in the Raptors and everything. I mean, if if there's another team to watch with former Coyotes players, uh, I'm not sure if they're the players people or fans want to see. It's it's definitely the Chicago Blackhawks. You got Connor Murphy, Dylan Strome. Everyone's rooting for Dylan Strome to be really good, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah, right. That's, 
if if you were to, if you were to talk to me a few years ago, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, no, I like Dylan's drum, but that's just like, oh. Mm. Um, also, I'm sure he's a different. nice guy. It's just we want to be right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's not as bad as the feelings people have for Kyle Turris. So. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, Ottawa fans have some positive feelings for him, so. <laughs> uh, they don't matter. They're not in the play-in. <laughs> <laughs> they don't matter. They're Ottawa. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, other than the uh, that matchup, what are you guys most excited to see that first day? Uh, first day. I, mean, I want to know who the Rangers are going to goal. Hmm. Oh, yeah. So we'll, we'll is that's a good question. Yeah, that's right. We've been they've, away for so long that I've just been... Yeah, and they've got three goalies there, although I can't remember the third goalie's name. It's like some crazy, like, Scandinavian name, isn't it? Is it Shesterkin? Or whatever his name is. Shesterkin. No, he's the one I remember. Shesterkin and Lundqvist and somebody else. But yeah, anyway. Georgiev. Georgiev. That's it. Thank you. Oh, Gorgiev. There you go. I'd like to see which, which Carey Price so, shows up for Montreal. So, uh, also, uh, naturally, uh, the Hurricanes are going to bring David Arias, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey now, he's a Marley's employee. Hands off. Um, they should sign him really just to. Well, they are playing in Toronto. So. Yeah. You know what is impressive, though, is that David Ayers was actually the emergency backup goalie twice last season. He only played in one game, but he was. Like, he had to, like, dress for one other game. And it was for the Charlotte Checkers in the AHL. So he literally last season dressed for the AHL affiliates of the Carolina Hurricanes and then played for the Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> right, that's it. Retire his jersey in the rafters. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of other people in Carolina who deserve that honor more. Oh, Ray Whitney. <laughs> Ray Whitney. Cam <laughs> Ward. But anyway. Cam Ward. Justin Williams, maybe. Mr. Game 7. There you go. Does anybody care about Winnipeg and Calgary playing? Not really. No. Nah. I, mean, I want them to like both like just blow each other out and tire each other out. That'd be fun. <laughs> For sure. Florida and, and the New York Islanders kind of no. interested to see what happens with Bobrovsky. Is yeah. he going to be decent or bad so same yeah. thing it's with Carey Price which one shows up yeah yeah because otherwise Florida is not that interesting apart from <laughs> apart from Bobrovsky <laughs> I like oh, Keith Yandel oh yeah Yandel he's probably like the only other guy on the Panthers that I care too much for <laughs> just- I mean Barkov's good just nobody cares <laughs> yeah <laughs> What kind of Florida, Florida method? No one cares. Yeah. What's funny is like I, I, I tend to forget a lot of these players are on a certain team just because it's been like like we said it's been five years. It's been such a long time. It's like oh yeah, that's right. Dude, don't forget. 
Patrick Marlowe's on the Penguins. Yeah, I that's still nuts. I, I almost forgot about that one. <laughs> I, I was reading the articles that Patrick Marlowe got it heading to Edmonton. Uh, I mean, heading to uh, Toronto. I'm like, wait, he, he's where? Oh, it's ready place for Patrick. You know what's <laughs> interesting though is um, the NHL recently they um, published like a little video on social media, and it was like, just in case you forgot, all of these players have moved to different teams, and it was like this graphic that showed all these players, like pretty significant players that moved teams at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And some of the names on there that have moved teams is pretty, pretty nuts. Yeah. They'll be, that's what the exhibition games are for. So we can all be like, Oh yeah, they play there so, now. Oh yeah. Tyler Toffoli plays for Vancouver. <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right. Let's, do you guys want to go to Sunday's games? Sure. Of course, they're the ones that matter. Yeah. yeah you got the get the early game, the eleven a.m. eleven a.m. for Arizona time. That is the Arizona Coyotes and the Nashville Predators, and then going That's to today. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a fun series. Such similar teams. <laughs> it is gonna be an interesting battle of the goalies. I feel uh, with that one because they, they both have good tandems. Yeah, like, really good tandems. Depending on which Pecorina shows up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, this, you can season, this series, like the whole playing playoffs, a lot of the teams is which goalie are they actually getting? Right. Which Mark Murray is going to turn up? Or Matt Murray, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the, that's the other game. We'll, we'll dive deep into it in just a sec as we break, as I go through the rest of the games. Uh, the Flyers and Bruins will be at noon Arizona time. Blues Avalanche at three thirty. Blue Jackets Maple Leafs at five p.m. and then Wild and Canucks at seven thirty. The Blues Avalanche is definitely that series that people are going to be like that should have been the conference final. I'm very upset that that was the playing round. Well, that's just the um, the seeding game, isn't it? So yeah, to but decide the, which yeah. which position yeah, that's the first yeah. Just like uh, Flyers Boston is yeah. a league seeding game as well. Yeah. It is. I, I am, uh, yeah. Don't listen to me, guys. Don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yeah, listen to my took opinions. You, I took you out of one by the actual bracket, how it works. <laughs> <laughs> There's just uh, every single time I look at the matchups, I don't have it favorited on my computer, so I pull it up on a different website, and so it always like throws me off. I'm like, all right, how are you formatting this schedule? Uh, but yes, this one says round robin next to it. <laughs> so we yeah. all can agree that uh, the Minnesota-Vancouver game is the most exciting, right? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Any game with Minnesota is always the most exciting. I... Do not know how Minnesota, who claims to be like the home of hockey, which is, in my opinion, the most exciting sport, can be so boring. (laughs) Even their team has decided, right, every player is going to wear polo shirts, exactly the same, it's all going to be uniform, and it's literally like, the NHL took away dress codes, and Minnesota went ahead and said, nope. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, like like the... Uh, like the Maple Leafs ha- or at one point when it was uh, what was his name? Um, Lou Lamarillo. Yeah, Lou Lamarillo had the uh, the no facial hair policy, which is yeah, he's that's Lou. All sorts of uh, Lou. Yeah, 
So you know the islanders are all going to be in a dress code of sorts. Oh yeah, they're all going to be clean shaved, clean shaved, short hair. <laughs> they're not going to have any flow whatsoever. Yeah, but I mean, even just with the relaxed dress code, Blue is going to impose his own. Hundred <laughs> percent. They, they still have to wear suit. suits. Yep. Hundred percent. You know it. Lou is not going to accept anything less. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota is. I had to write about them as a potential rivalry for when we switch divisions, and God. it was impossible. <laughs> I was just like coming up with reasons. I was like, I'm still upset that they signed Suter and Parisi and. St- that led to the last lockout, but that's not really a good enough rivalry reason. It's very complicated. God. Yeah, plus we were thankful when they gave us a first for Hansel, so, yeah. you know. Uh, I I really, that is one of the matchups that I'm just like, eh, just, just tell me who wins. I'm thinking Vancouver, but it'll probably be Minnesota. Because oh, how weird would that be, Minnesota? I mean, we've always said that Minnesota. We've always said that Minnesota is that team that kind of limps into the playoffs and never makes it past the first round. I don't know if this is going to be is going to be an exception, but I, I, I don't think it will. Uh, Vancouver, I think, would take it. Like you'd assume so. Speaking of Minnesota, though, how wild was it a couple of weeks ago when everyone ah, was suddenly realizing that their logo is a bear and? I was shocked, Rob, that you didn't know. <laughs> I thought it was like a bobcat or something. It's, it very what? clearly looks like a bear. <laughs> Have you never seen pictures of bears? <laughs> I look, listen. I never just thought of the whole like because the name Wild. I am so like. All right, let's put wild it this animals. way. <laughs> like bears are wild. Uh, <laughs> all right, let me put it this way. I went to the U of A, so when I heard wild, my, 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 my first thought is, you know, like a wild, wild cat. cat. So I go to, and I see wild, and I look at the picture, and I'm like, it might look like some kind of bobcat-ish. I mean, I see kind of see cats in Minnesota. I don't know. Like, this place that is full of forests and cold. <laughs> Listen. You defend yourself. <laughs> I will look it. and see if there's Minnesota Bobcats. <laughs> Actually, yes, Bountiful oh, wow. Bobcat. Bobcat is the most common of Minnesota's three native wildcat species. Well, there you see, go. See, like, I'm not, I, like, I wasn't completely crazy. No. <laughs> I mean, as the Kraken have have taught us, you don't need to have any significance to your home state to be a logo. No, wait, that's not fair because there are giant squid and giant octopuses in Seattle. (laughs) Yes, but they're not Kraken, the fictional Scandinavian myth creature. It's it's a mythological creature based on giant squid and or giant octopuses. I don't know which. I mean, are there golden knights in Las Vegas? I mean, Um, yes, yeah, probably. Is that a common occurrence? (laughs) Just because. The team we favor, the Coyotes, happens to have a lot of Coyotes in the area. Doesn't mean that everybody has to be that way. I don't know how many Rangers there are in New York. I mean, is, is Calgary always on fire because of their team? I mean, that goes back to their original Atlanta, and Atlanta was very much on fire for 
Good uh, Was that self-inflicted, though? Perhaps. No. <laughs> the best. No, no. Uh, the best quote is. Uh, the best thing was, "What the heck is a blue jacket anyway?" And they're like, "Well, during the Civil War, the blue jackets yeah. burned down Atlanta, so they're white. You so have your right. name." Uh, I do want to point out real quick. I did some see someone post like. Why is it weird that the Kraken are mythological when the New Jersey Devil is also mythological? The New Jersey Devil is from New Jersey. It's a Jersey myth. The Kraken, again, is Scandinavian. And I had to look up to see if there were Scandinavians in Seattle. There, there are, but yeah, it's, it's different. Uh, going back to the wild thing, I always thought the fun Easter eggy part was the, the mouth is a river. Yeah, yeah, and there's trees inside it. Yeah. Star for the eyes. Honestly, though, I look at the I look at the logo, and I've never been a fan just because they try to put too much into it. I like simple. Yeah, like, it is. at least Seattle's a simple. Yes, and that's why I look, and that's why I really like Seattle's logo. <laughs> just so, it's so simple. It's got those subtle, like embedded, like the tentacle in the eye, like just. Uh, their I, secondary logo is also exceptionally oh, good. The, yeah, uh, the, the anchor, anchor, anchor that has the uh, the needle as well. Yes, I love it. I love it. They just need like Joanna Dark to be like sitting on top of it. Or Starbucks. That was a Dark Angel reference for you guys. I'm not sure if you yeah, remember never early 2000s Angel. Fox dramas. I watched Angel, but not Dark Angel. Dark Angel, no. <laughs> Very different show. Yeah, completely. <laughs> I'm assuming. Although probably is like same amount of scientific validity between the EMP and vampires. Yeah, fair. <laughs> All right, we we got off track. Uh... Yeah. Uh, so there are two more matchups that we didn't mention, and that's and they happened on Monday. You got the Capitals and the Lightning, and the Golden Knights and the Stars. Mm. Capitals and Lightning. That that seems like it's going to be fun. Golden Knights and Stars seems like it's going to be. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, the Stars are. Well, they're both good teams. It's just. That's a that, that's a seating. Yeah. Yeah. They're both seating. Yeah, yeah, that's a seating one. But like, I'm interested to see just. How that game is going to be? Because it's so, obviously, we we focus on the Coyotes, and if the Coyotes overcome the Predators, they get the third seed in the first round. Who do we reckon out of St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas will be the third seed? Hmm. No, Vegas would be a fun matchup. Would would? Yeah, what? And having a fun matchup against Vegas might be the only argument against moving Arizona to Central. <laughs> that, that would make because we're just like, oh, that's right, regional rivalry, natural. Oh, makes sense. If only one of the California teams had made it in, that would have been fun. Darn. Three California teams, and they're the only teams in the Western Conference that didn't make it. (laughs) Just beautiful. I love it. It's the first Uh, time, like, ever, right? All three haven't made it. The first time in, yeah, I think the first time 
in a really since long all, time. Since the first time since all three were in existence, that yeah, none of them, none of them have made it. Just crazy. Wow. I wouldn't mind us facing the stars. No, coyotes Honestly, don't do so well against the stars. But they're nighttime animals, surely. <laughs> I know we did terrible against the wild. The wild are one of those really odd teams that, like, they don't ever seem very good, but then suddenly they beat your team every time you play them. Yeah. Well, I think the key to uh, playing the wild would just be to put Auntie Ronta in against them instead of Darcy Kemper, who seems to get emotional against the wild. (laughs) Yeah, that probably makes sense, to be fair. (laughs) Personally, I wouldn't like to face the stars because the stars beat the Coyotes twice this year. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, you know what, St. Louis? I would want St. Louis because we swept them. Yeah, but that's, that feels like one of those things that I don't want to replicate or try to replicate. And it's and it's hard to really put into perspective that like the way that these matchups were in the regular season, just because it's been so long. I know, but at least the team could go in with confidence, knowing that they've beat this team before. Yeah. To be fair, looking at it, Columbus is the only team that the Coyotes have actually beaten more times than Wait, not this year. The the Blues, I mean. Blues. Uh, St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. I actually made a, I actually made a bet on that game when I was in Reno for New Year's. <laughs> did you win? I did. Are, are you telling us about your illegal gambling, Rob? Oh my god, Rob. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't illegal, but it was in Reno. So it was legal. I am of age and I was allowed to bet. So we're good. We're good here. Very defensive, right? Yeah. Like, please, please don't come and take me away. Please. I am of age. Uh, everything I do is legal uh, with regards to gambling. Ooh, interesting. Craig Morgan has just sent a tweet. In the interest of due diligence, I asked a coyote spokesperson again this morning Is John Chaker still the GM? Answer no comment. Hmm. That's yeah. You guys want to get 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 to that since that was just put out. Um, I feel like that could be a whole podcast of itself. Let's make a different podcast about that uh, in a few days. Yeah. By that time, we might already know the answer. Yeah. So I just want to say that this front office drama happening right before the play-in round is really annoying. Not ideal. Yeah. Not ideal. There's very few reasons it should be happening right now. Like that I can think of for it to be logically making sense. Unless like John Chaka accidentally ran over Alex Morello's dog. Like that's the only reason I could be thinking of something like this coming up now. Other than one other thing, which I don't want to talk about now because it would require us to get into the whole thing. But... The playoffs are about to start. Why the yeah, hell are you doing this now? Yeah, I mean, like, even, even if it was, like, a, you know, a couple months ago when things were still shut down or after the playoffs or whatever, like, it's just had a really bad time, really, really weird timing. Like, uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely not the time to be having this sort of speculation going on. There was so much optimism about the team, even like heading into the play-ins and stuff like that. And now this has come out, and a lot of people are kind of like, oh, "Again, 
Yeah. Yeah. And for since we keep answering around, I'm just going to say it is that there are rumors right now that um, the new CEO and GM John Shika are at odds. So we will see what happens. Yes. Stay tuned yeah. for the Desert Dog cast where we all get very sad and talk about it. Make sure you have your beers ready. And that makes it easier for us. We're going to play a drinking game. <laughs> yes. Every time someone sounds sad, you have to drink a beer. So you're going to um, get drunk within an hour. I mean, you're going to get drunk within 10 minutes. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I always sound sad. <laughs> oh, Carl. <laughs> now I feel sad. <laughs> it's the acoustics of the apartment. It's, it's got a very sad sound. It's got a very melodramatic acoustic system going on. You just got to put more stuff on the apartment then. Uh, No, it's funny. Um, I have a friend who does a little bit of modeling work, and she sent me a picture of her, like, against a white brick wall with very sparse wood floor. I was like, that looks exactly like my small studio apartment. It is white brick with a laminate floor. So it's funny. You should see my, uh, like, like I, like I just moved, uh, from a house and near the university of Arizona to a place in the Catalina foothills. And, uh, right now, cause like my, I just did my bedroom and I look into my living room and I'm like, the walls are empty. It's like the same thing. It's just like a blank white wall in the, uh, you know, ground in the wooden floors. I'm like, Oh, okay. all right. Gotta get some decor up, boy. Hey, I plan on it. There's a there's a there's a home goods store not not too far from me. So, if you want, I have a bunch of old movie posters that I can give you because I have no space for them. Do you want a fourteen oh eight movie poster? I I think I'll be able to find myself some some stuff that might be uh, more my own taste. You know what you you know like the Stephen King novella turned John Cusack <laughs> movie fourteen oh eight. I don't think so. It's got Samuel There's Jackson. Oh, maybe then. <laughs> uh, all right, um, let's get closer to ending these things. I do want to say this one thing. This is a question that I asked you guys in the, uh, in our uh, Slack, just to see what reading the room on this one. And we'll see what again, what is the preference here for you guys? A, a, a chance to draft Alexi Lafreniere or actually go in full steam chase for the cup. Uh, I'm going to go B chase for the cut because um, we have enough wingers right now. Um, and if we re-sign Tamil Hurl, we don't really need Alexi Lefren yet. So um, I'm, I'm hopeful for that outcome where we chase for the cup and get to re-sign Hall. Yeah. And if that doesn't happen, uh, I'm sorry, we need a center, not a winger. Okay. I, 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 I can, I can understand that one. Yeah. I, I never want to say to to give up because I, I think the fan base just in general is tired of that. Like there needs to be some level of success. We're showing that the team is at least moving forward. Uh, I propose the hypothetical situation of losing in game five to a controversial overtime call as being the ideal scenario and then going on to to win the pick because that shows that the team is doing things. We get to blame the refs and we get the pick. 
I don't think the team is good enough to compete for the Stanley Cup right now. But it's also an insanely weird once in a lifetime event where we have like this long break going into the postseason and if something weird is going to happen and like a hot goaltender is going to take everything that seems like it'd be the year for something like that and i do think that we have the goaltending to do something just stupidly outrageously good yeah i think that considering how long it's been since the coyotes were actually in the playoffs I think this team needs to do everything in their power to get past the Predators and just have a decent run in the playoffs, get the fans, you know, like reinvigorated a bit more, uh, persuade Hall that this is a team that can go forward and can win. Um, because, I mean, he's been in the playoffs once in his entire career. So if they get past the Preds, this would be the second time he's ever been in the playoffs. So I think for him, if the Coyotes get like into the playoffs, even if they get past the first round of the actual playoffs, then that might be enough for him to stick around. And I think having Taylor Hall is much better than not having Taylor Hall. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much with you guys on this too. And uh, one of the things that uh, I am actually mentioning too is kind of like on a somewhat side note, but also kind of to tie in with everything is – I tell this to people, and I even mentioned this too on on my on, on the radio show that I am a part of. I pretty much say, like, if you are if you live in Arizona right now, and you haven't really got into hockey, and you know you haven't really followed the sport, right now is the time to do it. Obviously, you got the Coyotes. You know they're in the playoffs. They have a chance. They got good goaltenders. They have a. I wouldn't say they're not great. Like they, they won't definitively say they're good enough to win the cup but they have a you know they have the talent that's there they can beat that excitement so like i'd like to see them try to win because that gives that that gives this opportunity for fans who maybe have not watched the sport before we're going to give it a shot this this time around because it's the return to sports everyone's trying to watch sports right now if the coyotes can get can gather the excitement there this hockey here in the state can make can just start to blow up and it will bring more fans yeah sure i mean now is the right time to watch the coyotes because it will be meaningful games that'll be exciting there's actual like um consequences to losing or winning against the preds and yeah i feel like this team needs to have something that can help them like gain some new fans and start progressing forward and um, we mentioned it before, uh, kind of jokingly, because it happened weird. But the Roadrunners did just win their division. So if the Coyotes <laughs> do well, it, it is going to show that there has been like a steady progression of Arizona hockey. And it is tangibly improving. And Arizona fans like winners because I think everyone likes winners and no one likes to cheer for teams that are terrible. And we don't have the money to buy tickets and just put paper bags over our heads. Um, so, yeah, let's give them something to cheer for. I think we just yeah. really insulted Toronto Maple Leafs fans a lot this podcast. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm a bit sad, guys. You've upset me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, that yeah. would be a natural state. Yeah. <laughs> Perpetually disappointed is how I've been raised. <laughs> I did see a great tweet. It's like, there are three reasons Maple Leafs fans are upset. Uh, and it just, the third one was like, waves hand everything. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Sounds about right. <laughs> it's it's no fair for for fans to be part of a fan base that is known for exorbitantly high ticket prices and staggering odd ice disappointments. You shouldn't be allowed to have both. It it doesn't make sense. <laughs> and what's also interesting though is how so many like fans of other teams complain about how the league always helps out the Maple Leafs and we haven't won the cup since nineteen sixty seven. And it's like, yeah, so much help we've had over the years. I mean, fans say the same thing about, I think, every team. They're like, the league's always helping not my team win. It's like, no. Let's be real now, though. Right now, the NHL is is giving a lot of favor to Vegas. So much so, eh? Vegas I mean, is their new, their new golden child, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, they, they apologized for that Game 7 last year against San Jose. They don't get to – they don't have to participate in the expansion draft. And, you know, they're just like, you know, you guys do your own thing. You're good. <laughs> I mean, the expansion draft thing makes sense. They've existed for what? Four years. This is, now? It's, gonna, it's gonna be their fourth or this is gonna be their fourth year, so it's gonna be entering their fifth year. But the thing is, remember, like they became good already. Like they're already a good team. Like they're one of the top four seeds in the Western Conference. They've made the playoffs in each of it, their first three seasons. Like, like to, for them not to, to, for them to be exempt. Like, oh, seriously. <laughs> I bet, I'm not going to lie, right? The way that their cap situation is, I bet they're kind of wishing they weren't exempt because <laughs> they kind of need to free up some space at some point. And Actually, you got a fair point on that, I think. Yeah. That is a fair point. <laughs> they're probably wishing that they weren't exempt. Yeah. Anyways, let's uh, go ahead and if anyone has any final thoughts of the upcoming uh, upcoming series, return to hockey, really anything, go ahead and say them now as we get ready to close things off here. So I do want to remind everybody um, who's listening to this that this Monday morning, the Coyotes are hosting a water drive. If you bring water by Kilo River Arena in the morning, uh, for each case, you will get a Coyote's face mask and car magnet while supplies last. Definitely do that. Uh, I go hiking a lot in the desert. It is terrible. It is beautiful. It is one of the hardest things you can do in the summer, in my opinion, because it is quite unrelenting, and I know how important water is, and there are unfortunately too many people who are living in Phoenix right now who are without homes and without a guaranteed source of water, and especially with a global pandemic going on, we do need to take care of all of our neighbors, and that includes those without homes, and key to that is going to be giving them water and other systemic things. But for right now, we can give them water, and that's at least something. Who's up next? 
I uh, just want to agree with what Carl's saying. If you can donate to the water drive, please do so. I do think uh, some of that water, I'm not 100% sure, might also go to first responders as well. And they, they are the folks who actually give water out to um, people who might need it. And that could even include um, hikers who don't know what they're doing. Yes. Uh, and if you can't make it to to downtown or the glendale rose is right a lot of their fire stations have drop-off points as well and you can donate money if you don't live in phoenix but but yeah yeah so um yeah definitely participate in that and we can all just sit back and be glad hockey's coming back yeah yeah for sure um it's good to have hockey back it's going to be very strange, but some hockey to actually be excited for as a Coyotes fan. Yep. I'll say one thing for me, my, as, as, as my final thoughts, pretty much in the same, you know, uh, same wavelength, you know, for people who are excited to have hockey back, I am ecstatic. I've been waiting. For, like, I, I feel like I've been deprived of hockey for way too long. Excited to have it back and also excited to finally know the name of the new division rival, Seattle Kraken. It's, you know, it's, I think everything was done really well on that. As I mentioned earlier, it's going to be fun come 2021 season. <laughs> Rob gets to say that as a Sharks fan who still gets to be their division rival. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah. how long so, do you guys think ha- until something controversial happens and we're no longer excited for NHL hockey? Like 10 minutes into the first game, right? <laughs> well, apparently it's starting to happen before it, but we'll see. It'll be a blow dice yeah. call that leads to a controversial goal. We'll be like, NHL's terrible. I hate this. I mean, there was the whole Rogers, Rogers place or whatever it's called uh, leaking the other day. So that's always uh, fun. Ah, the flooding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that should be fun. But apparently that's been be repaired. That's been repaired. It's amazing how they did that that fast then. Uh, uh, Panic. I, I handle water homeowners' losses, so it doesn't surprise me too much, especially since you don't really need to do too much for the non-ice areas. So, yeah, that's a very different topic, though. Absolutely. Well, we'll go ahead and close things off here on this episode of Inside the Class. We'll be having a bunch of episodes coming over the next couple of months as the playoffs progress. It's going to be exciting. Once again, exciting to have hockey back. You can go ahead and uh, listen to these on iTunes and Google and everywhere. We'll also be on 5forhowling.com. You can follow the Twitter accounts at 5 for Howling. We have at IT Glass Podcast, our sister podcast, Desert Dogcast, at Desert Dogcast, as well as our all our personal Twitter accounts. You can follow me at RobLiano1. I'm at Carl Pavlock, uh, FFH. Sorry. You can follow me at James RJ Reeve. And I'm at Rose Colored Fat. So we'll all be on there. Uh, we will be posting this, uh, uh, like I said, a bunch of episodes. You don't want to miss it. And if you also feel so inclined, feel free to subscribe. Feel, feel free to leave us a good review. We always like that because that will definitely help us in the future. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to this episode, and we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Take care. See you.